This episode of No Clip was recorded in front of a live studio audience. <laughs> Hi, welcome to No Clip. <laughs> <laughs> oh, get the fuck out of here! I'm doing a lot. Of <laughs> I'm doing a lot. Of <laughs> Alright, obviously, you guys aren't mature enough to handle some of this when you're talking to This is all you do. Welcome to No Clip. I'm Chad Rodman. I'm JJ Artemis. And I'm Andy Cannon. And today we're joined by a special guest, Bon Kishman. Hey. 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 And, uh, and today we're going to be talking about Sly Cooper and the Thievius Raccoonus, uh, which was a game developed by Sucker Punch and was released in 2002 on the PlayStation 2. It's a lot of twos in there. Not enough. Not enough. Not okay. Not uh, <laughs> Sly Cooper uh, is, is, a, is very much just a platformer game. Like, that is yeah. what the game sort of sets out to be, and even though it has this veneer of being, like, a stealth game, because you're playing a thievious raccoon, uh, the stealth elements are basically non-existent through the majority of this game. Yeah. This is from an age where you didn't have to be anything other than just a platformer. Like, True. that you could just be sold on that with a nice kitty veneer over top of it to make yeah. it really acceptable and cute. The stealth goes as far as, like, enemy with flashlight. Yeah. And yeah. if you're outside of the light, and they don't see you. <laughs> and a dozen <laughs> variations on enemies with flashlights. Yes. And they happen to just coincidentally move at the exact speed, like, you know, like other enemies in platformer yeah. games. That yes. And our circles that you have to jump over. Mm. Yeah. Oh, you gotta get in the barrel, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah, very stealthy barrels. Barrel, yeah. Just yeah. conveniently located Tip-toes. where you need them at. <laughs> it's actually uh, one of the things that... It, it came about from such like a totally non-related subject, um, but Andy and I once were talking about how in this game, uh, whenever you're talking to uh, Bentley or Murray on like the... The Nakucom? The no- yeah, the, <laughs> yeah, the Nakucom. Of course you know the name. Uh, of course. <laughs> You can use the the left and right analog sticks to sort of like shift player portraits around. Yeah, you um, can just make them like move their heads in circles if you want. Yeah, yeah. and like the the parallel that I drew to that obviously was uh, the codec calls in the Metal Gear Solid games, and it's funny because Metal Gear Solid Two came out one year prior to this game, and like this game obviously has noticed that that game exists in its creation, but I, I, I feel like it doesn't go any further than homaging to it occasionally. Right, just a reference. Yeah. Or an Easter egg, even. Yeah. The opening of the game really was just, like, a straight reference to the opening of Metal Gear Solid 1, right? Like it, it has the codec conversations, you have full control over your binoculars, and you're, like, looking in different directions. It's, essentially, it's the same thing as what happens... Right after uh, you get out of the like opening sneaking sequence as the credits are rolling and you reach the helipad, man. Yeah, it's actually been just so long since I've played the first Metal Gear Solid game that yeah, that didn't even cross my mind when I booted this game up. It was the very first thing that I thought of in the entire game. And I think, honestly, I think that I played this game before I played Metal Gear Solid One. Really? Because Metal Gear Solid Two was the first uh, Metal Gear game that I played. Oh, I knew that. Uh, and I know that we probably. Like, in my household, we likely had this game, like, at least close to release. Uh, and I never went back to play the first Metal Gear until a while after. Did you have, like, a very platformer-friendly household? It was, yeah, my brother was really into it. Uh, and, it, I mean, it kind of, like, rubbed off on me to a certain extent, but I, I'm not sure. So I fucking love platformers. Yeah. <laughs> Is it bad that I never played a Metal Gear Solid? To this day, I have never either, played a Metal so. Gear Solid game. Not one? Not a single one. I've watched... Somebody play maybe like ten minutes on a Metal Gear Solid game. Huh. And I've, that's it. I've also never played Metal Gear. Okay, good. 
unrelated to anything. I played through all like four of the main series games at the time in like one straight summer, and I played oh, nice. I think I the first about one Metal Gear is Solid. Best. Really? Like, not like still. not like age adjusted. Like I think Metal Gear Solid One is the best of the four Metal Gear Solid games. Really? Yeah. I still think mm-hmm. Two is the best, but I've also never played Four. But I've been assured that it will not. It will not. It's not, it's not in my yeah. conversation. The, o- the only scene I remember when I was watching this was he was in the back of a room and there was somebody giving a speech, and he was sne- sneaking. He, he, he was sneaking, but it was a. Uh, I guess you could had darts that you could put people to sleep. Yeah. So all I did was you just put the whole audience to sleep <laughs> yeah, for no reason true. other than just like there's a guy giving a speech to like a bunch of people that were people. unconscious. Yeah. yeah. But uh, it, okay, so more on topic, I guess. Right. Uh, and within this like the early two thousands era of PlayStation Two, uh, I feel like the comparison cannot be avoided uh, between the like the PlayStation Two platformer. Drew. Yeah. Mascot platformers. Yeah. The the PlayStation tried to sort of I say tried, they largely succeeded. The sales numbers on these games were incredible. Um sort of reclaim being like the platformer console over, out of Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Um which was pr- not particularly difficult to do in the GameCube era, really. Nope. No, they had too much backlash from Sunshine at the time. Yeah. So uh we're gonna have a lot of backlash from our Sunshine episode. <laughs> uh <laughs> But the other two games, of course, in this are Jack and Daxter and Ratchet and Clank. Mm-hmm. Um, so Sly Cooper gets to be the only one protagonist of the three. But uh, having played all of these games, and albeit I haven't played the sequel to Sly, or its sequel, right. or its sequel, uh, <laughs> I, I have played all of the Ratchet and Clank games, um, all of the main series ones, and all of the Jack and Daxter ones, and I really have to say I don't think Sly holds up in comparison. Really? Yeah. I it, I wouldn't go so far as to say this is a bad game. I, Sly Cooper comes off to me as um, as more of a, like, like, the summer blockbuster of games. It's a game that I have no complaints with. Well, I have complaints, but I have no, like, significant... I'm not gonna, like, come no out moms. and be like... Yeah, like, this game is trash. People who like it are idiots. But... Thanks. It's just like a game that is fun to play and is inoffensive, but I don't think it is anywhere near as groundbreaking or just largely good as the other two. Yeah. I can agree. I've never played Jack and Daxter. It's on my, my long list of games I need to play. Right. But I think, what at least in comparison to Ratchet and Clank, yeah, Ratchet and Clank like gets its formula so right on the first try. Is, and I think that's why it's the most popular of the three, mm-hmm. and the one that's had, like, the best longevity. But, like, I think Sly, as it, like, evolved over its series, makes it better than Ratchet & Clank overall. Because I've only played Ratchet & Clank 1 and 2, and don't really care to ever play any of the rest of them. And I've played all four Sly Cooper games, so... And, uh, despite all of my Ratchet deadlocked jokes, you're not even remotely interested <laughs> to touch that one? No. Dang. I, uh... I think actually Sly Cooper is more of a pure platformer than either of the other two. Though. I, I would agree. Right? It definitely um, is. I mean, because like, I think the appeal to Ratchet and Clank was that it was a platformer, mm-hmm. but it's also a shooter, right? Yeah. And, 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 not, and, and this, it had the novelty right. weapons. And, and that, well, I think that's the big deal was, you know, Ratchet wasn't this 
you know, your standard shooter where you have, you know, a sniper rifle, blah, blah, blah. Like, you just have this, the standard guns and you go around. But yeah. You have a gun that turns people into chickens. Right, instead. yeah. yeah. There's, I mean, so you, you get the novelty in the in the variety of weapons and you get the platform. But I think it just is a pure platform. I, I think Sly Cooper was better, at least more well-made as just a platformer. I'll also say, before you respond to that, um, that Sly Cooper, to me feels like a spiritual successor to Crash Bandicoot. <laughs> Why? I almost... I, I would put... In, I think in terms Jack of and Dexter is more of a... Because, okay, actually, I kind of see Because it it's, right. it's platforming on, like, tra- like, like a point A to point B right. kind it's very of level. Very All the levels are very it's linear. linear. Yeah. And, like, in the way that, like, Crash Bandicoot is. Not uh, to the except, degree, of course. Right, yeah, because Crash Bandicoot's, like, really hard... <laughs> And Sly is more, they're simpler and more about just like having a good time. See, if Crash Bandicoot can be considered the common ancestor to all of these games, which I think is actually a fair thing to say. Well, um, yeah, at least to this game. Yeah, well, given that uh, it like sort of won it, it was it was the like platform game. Well, on also Spyro. Oh yeah. I always forget about Spyro because I never really liked Spyro, but yeah, that's just me. I agree. Uh, it was more open. It was uh, my understanding was that it was it was much less linear than the other two, so it might be a better comparison point for Jack and Baxter. And true. Yeah, Jack and Baxter feels yeah. more like uh, Crash Bandicoot's platforming if Crash Bandicoot didn't feel like he was made of a thousand tons of bricks nailed together. <laughs> uh, what does that? Uh, sort of heavy. He feels heavy. He feels incredibly yeah. heavy. Crash wow. does yeah. feel pretty heavy. Yeah, but uh, but whereas Sly is the exact opposite and feels like he feels like right. you would expect a raccoon to to, to move around, like He's, poofy, yeah, fluffy, poofy. Yeah. easily thrown, yeah, very easily thrown, yeah. weirdly easily thrown. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I wouldn't call him floaty, but like right. as close as you can get to that. Yeah, yeah, because. Actually, probably, uh, this game actually might have my favorite implementation of a double jump in a game, because it doesn't feel like you're just leaping off of the air, because you're just doing a flip to get, like, right. additional, You actually like, don't need that much more height. Right. They, they cheese it a little bit just to sort of, like, make it more functional, but it is, like, it feels like it's something that could actually happen, as opposed to just being <laughs> like, whoop! <laughs> yeah. At least in comparison to other video game double, double jumps. Right, yeah. yeah. More easily believed. There's like an invisible platform. That so, uh, JJ, as the non-platformer guy, uh, how do oh you feel god. about Sly Cooper oh god. and the Thievius Raccoonus? Oh no, it was so fast. I was hoping to talk about his like, raccoon tail and how fluffy that made him feel. <laughs> and like all the, the general animation stuff. You haven't really said anything yet. And the thing is wrecking the Gungus. Yeah. This may be not just my least favorite, but... The worst video game I think I've intentionally played in the last ten years. So tell us how you really what? feel, though. Hell, what? Let, wait, wait. Let me unpack this really quick. Yes. The last ten. What did you play ten years ago that you were like <laughs> so nothing is worse than this? <laughs> <laughs> Two thousand six around. I mean, I guess I shouldn't be as surprised by that statement I as I am because you are pretty selective with what games you play. I, yes, kind of. Which is. Part of the reason that I enjoy this cast so much because it forces me outside yeah, of my bubble. That so just hard. seems like a ludicrous statement. It is, I think, going back to Sly Cooper and realizing like what like I think Sly Cooper really encapsulates how much we've grown as a medium in the last fifteen years. I think this is like the Sunday morning like cartoon show 
of video games compared to like the modern day like graphic novel if that comparison like makes sense or is apt like the medium has just gone so much farther both mechanically and in, in as like a stylistic form than what Sly Cooper represents there are you like you described like it's a plur- it's a pure platformer and you're correct mm-hmm. in that regard and that all the game truly cares about is is platforming the closest thing that this game has like to a unique selling point in the same way that the other PS2 era platformers has is a unique selling point is that you can press the circle button to be cool in various contexts. It's like just like the generic cool. It button. is the con- the contextually cool button. <laughs> yes. Like you jump and press circle to land on a spire. You jump and press circle to slide slide on a yeah on a Pull rail. To circle to sneak. Yeah. 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 Go invisible. But just saying. damn, <laughs> it was. It wasn't just like it's so linear, and I love linear experiences. And none of the things that I'm going to say are... You, you it's all worse by comparison. Time. I know. And it's like, I feel like at some point we could probably... I guess we can't assume that people have heard all of the other No, no, no. But, but this is the difference in my case. Because I was very deliberate in what I said when mm-hmm. Andy first prompted me. Which is, I don't just think that this game isn't for me. I legitimately think that the medium has grown beyond Sly Cooper as a game. And, the game. and almost any platformer that you have in the modern day. Even Super Mario Sunshine, which I played... I felt like was so much better than this experience. And that the only unique selling points that I could truly find in Sly Cooper as an experience were sort of the things that it was trying to project onto me as like a brand or a marketing tool. Like the things that seemed appealing to me about Sly Cooper, or at least what the game wanted me to think was appealing about it, other than just the same kind of platforming that you experience in a lot of other contexts, are like the characters that you interact with, the stylized setting, the transitions between these worlds, which were all just like a cartoon show for 10-year-olds to me. Yeah. And because of that, all I was left with was essentially a platforming skin that was unevolved from the like the PlayStation 1 era platformers like Crash Bandicoot. Like it is it is that. It is that like 20-year-old experience given a very very pretty veneer for kids because it wants to market itself for kids. Like I legitimately was so worried about coming in here knowing that this would be like your guest episode fawn and that you were like one of the major pushes for us <laughs> to do this game because like, I knew from every hour that I spent with this game that there was a chance that you were just going to, like, disembowel me immediately. <laughs> <laughs> the thought has crossed my mind. Uh, uh, no, I, I understand what you're saying. Um, I think the big deal here is it is such a pure platformer that if you are not a platformer, uh, if you don't really enjoy platformers, then I could definitely understand how you wouldn't like this game, right? Um to me, I like you made the reference to this veneer for you know children and things like that, and that's kind of the selling point. I, I really like the style of the game, mostly. Um, I wouldn't say that if it would if you would have just put this in a different form of style where you know maybe it's not a raccoon, or it's just people and you're just doing the same things. Maybe it's not as enjoyable. I I actually believe that the game wouldn't be as enjoyable. What I enjoyed most about the game was. You know the characters. You know the the, the specific worlds and the style. Um, I love the the contextually cool circle button. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a big fan of that. Yeah, but, so, um, so am I alo- am I alone in the room then in just thinking and just essentially just dismissing almost every like character that presented to me in the game? You have a surprise. 
a surprise ally in May on this podcast because I'm also not a huge fan of this game overall. Uh, I just I, I definitely agree with your point that the game does like have like a it has a very like '90s early 2000s cartoon aesthetic to it because that's when it was made, and uh, but I, I disagree in that that is necessarily like a negative thing. I think that the right. game does its own art style well. Uh, just like the sort of wacky way that it it, it it allows for the game to actually do its signaling and platforming in a way that means something to the player. What do you mean by signaling? Like, okay, for example, one of the cool, the contextually cool circle button actions <laughs> is to, like, uh, use your your cane to, like, grab onto, like, a hook or something. Mm-hmm. And the hooks are all these very, like, not, extremely not realistic huge, like, jaggedy, crooked hooks that would, like, hang from ropes. And so, like, it's very clear to see where that is, and that's, like, a place to jump to. Mm -hmm. And, like, that kind of a thing is only possible... I mean, it's possible in a lot of ways, but in this game it is made possible through its, like, kind of wacky, no-right-angles, all-bent-up cartoon style. And I think that the art style actually does work for what this game tries to accomplish. I would agree. And I would also disagree with JJ's point, or your point, I don't know why. He said he identifies him. Right. Um, that you said, I don't know if you were being like literal when you said it, but like you said, like it had like the veneer of like a cartoon show over top of like a PlayStation 1 like level of like. Crash Bandicoot is what I was trying yeah, to like, I think that's not giving the game enough credit because it's clearly like improved upon and is better than a PlayStation One era platformer. Right. I mean, and I, I would agree. And like, when you go back and play Crash Bandicoot, what, you jump, right? Yeah. Like, like you run. And you, jump <laughs> you literally just yeah. run. Yes. I think it's a you run and occasionally get a mask that makes your running all you have to do. You right. Don't have to <laughs> yeah, jump anymore. Exactly. And then, so I mean. In in that sense, this game has obviously come a long way. From right, yeah, from the, from the PlayStation right? era. And uh, I know that we've said that the stealth aspect of this game is is not uh, up to a, snuff. Yeah, a huge factor, I'd say. But I actually think that that makes the platforming. The it, it it I could understand how more stealth would be more enjoyable, but the amount of stealth in the game makes the platforming much better to me. Because like like say when you play Crash Bandicoot, right? Yeah, you were you, you, there is no worry about being seen or, or having to go in a certain direction or the speed at which you go, right? The the whole objective of Crash Bandicoot was to finish the level as fast as possible, right? right? It, so, um, I think this game changes that in the sense of you are no longer just let's just get through this level as fast as possible. You're also like, let's get through this level without being seen or without, you know, th- there's more obstacles that you have to Yeah, in order with. to get through it like efficiently... Right, as possible. It's you not always about, about more stuff. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. On when you were discussing earlier, talking about like the positioning of the hooks and using the cartoony style style to make like gameplay more obvious, to try and make those two things more harmonious. Right. Uh, I actually think this game has a lot of examples of them like being lazy in that regard and choosing styles that are not harmonious with the gameplay. Uh, first and foremost. <laughs> that is something that I read, said many mean-spirited jokes about at the time uh, with Rachel. But uh, the casino level, uh, when you're going through, like, Mo Dog's Man's, yeah, his, his, like, awesome palace, uh, in order to, to keep the levels 
like structurally linear, instead of trying to like devise a casino or a circumstance in the casino that would make sense why you had to go through in this linear fashion, or and, and they, would, they wouldn't even have to worry about building the sort of wider levels that the games clearly are trying to focus on. They just like flood the lower levels of the <laughs> casino, and they never explain to you why the lower levels are flooded. It makes no sense within the context of level, and there's tiny things like that all over the place in this game. In the rail shooter mini games, uh, when uh, the big, dumb, stereotypical, fat joke person is running across trying to get his key, uh, there's just like eight or nine garages just all in a row that right. are just there just so they can open up. Like right. you could have created like a cartoony theme that, oftentimes, like the purpose of a theme is to make that sort of arbitrary video game design decisions seem harmonious. It's so that you can put the crazy jagged hook there and it seems fitting in the level and not, you know, a huge distraction that people point out and laugh about. Right. Okay, I guess what I will have to say about all this um, is that I think you are correct that, like, this game was made, what, we said 2002? Yep. Yeah. In a time where, like, it was more, like the norm to just, like, be unapologetically, like, video gaming. Like, I don't... Th I think you're correct in saying, like, the medium has moved past this point. Right. And we're, like... Slacky Bird does not care that it doesn't tell you why the lower levels of the casino are flooded. It's just, like... It wants to present you with, like, cool levels. And, like, it, it just, like, levels in a video game. It does... Yeah, it, it, sem it has the same roots as, like... If you look at uh, Super Nintendo games, especially platformers from that era, you end up, and I realize that I'm taking an even larger step backward in the evolution of games to <laughs> compare, uh, which doesn't bode well for it, but uh, <laughs> like every Super Nintendo game had like a dinosaur level and like mm -hmm. a space level, and you're like, why? It's like, because we it's wanted to game. do it. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's do that. And it's like Cooper takes the excuse where it's like, well, I walked into a green orb in a door, and now on the other side, something wacky's happening. I, I and it's You're I, being kind of disingenuous to the reasons that old video games had like a dinosaur level and a robot level and a space level. They didn't have that because a whole bunch of like a 20 to 40 year old like developers just really were into like dinosaurs in space. <laughs> it they it thought people would buy it. Yeah, because they like kids would buy it. Yeah, right? I'm also yeah. not defending it. Yeah. I'm just saying that it has its roots in the same place. It has a common, they have common ancestors. Yeah. I guess maybe here's a, a slightly less inflammatory way to phrase my question, which comes back to a whole lot of the points that we're trying to do in this podcast generally. Fuck Sly like, looking back historically, like, why is this game the platformer that we wanted to focus on? Like, comparing it more also to Sunshine, we, I can point to a whole lot of, like, direct, really weird, deliberate choices and evolutions in, like, the Mario formula that made Super Mario Sunshine stand out a bunch and was worth talking about. Weird decisions around voice acting, weird decisions around making all the platforms, like, justified in some kind of narrative sense that Mario never had to before. I'm curious what compared to its peers, both like in the future, if it has any sort of like descendants in that way, or in the past, Sly Cooper did differently that was worth talking about. Like I don't understand its historical significance to us, or even significance in its time. I think I was the one when forever ago, when we were making a list of games to talk about, uh, I brought it up because I'm probably the biggest Sly fan, like well, of the three of us, um, and. 
Um, I think JJ uh, might be. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe JJ is secretly a huge fan. But uh, I always felt like Sly, like I said, is my favorite franchise of like the three tentpole PS2 platformer. Right. Yeah. Z- <laughs> um, <laughs> With a Z, of course. I already said two thousand two. So yeah. Like, sure. Okay. Um, so. And I feel like the game is often overlooked or not talked about. Like, I tried to, like, look up a review for it, and, like, I could only find, like, two. Yeah. You know, like, it just, I feel like this game isn't acknowledged. And, and, and like, I feel like people didn't hate it. I feel like people liked it at the time, and it's like, no one talks about it. That's actually runs slightly contrary, and maybe we just have different, uh... Different exposure. Yeah, to, to this kind of a thing. Um, to, to what I was going to say about it is because, um... When we talked about Super Mario Sunshine, the reason that we talked about Super Mario Sunshine is because, as we said at the very beginning, it is the black sheep of the Mario franchise. Right. The Mario, the Mario like, name is a huge collection of platformers that all followed a very similar pattern, and Sunshine is a hard left turn. The reason I find Sly Cooper in its time and now to be interesting in comparison to other games of its ilk it comes down to the fact that the game was so well-liked and so well-received, where the copy of the box that we have the microphone sitting on right now <laughs> has the PlayStation Greatest, Greatest Hits. Hits logo on it, because the game sold more than, I think it's a million copies to hit the Greatest Hits level. Like, this is a game that was, like, lauded at its time, and largely, like, well-received. And that is in itself interesting for a game that two different people can look at and say this really appeals to me and this really doesn't appeal to me. Both people who like platformers. I think, I mean, especially now, right, so 2016 we can look back on, we have somewhat of a plethora of platformers to say and then we might, I mean, at this point you can look back and say, you know, maybe Sly Cooper wasn't that great of a platformer as compared to you know, 20 years of platformers. Mm-hmm. But, like, at the right? time. But in 2000, what is it, 2002? Yeah. Yes. Right? Yeah. Um, 2002, this game comes out, and before this, this is rather early into the PS2 era, I believe. Yes. Yeah. Um, and before that, it was, yeah, Crash Bandicoot and Mario, right? Yeah. And you look right now, and those two are, the, you know, the pinnacle. They're, like, the founding fathers, almost, right? <laughs> I mean, you look at... Yeah. In like, terms of like, three, in three like, platformers. Yeah, like, Mario is huge, right? Yeah. I mean, Mario is the biggest, like, you know, one of the most recognizable video games of all time. I think that is a good point because like you look at like what what were the big platformers before this? You had Mario 64. They were on Nintendo had, published yeah, for the most part. And you had Crash yeah. Bandicoot and Spyro. Yeah. And like this game and is Spyro definitely is like dead now. I mean yeah. like yeah. Yeah. Skylanders is really successful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think Skylanders is a bit eclipsed. <laughs> oh, Spyro. Yeah, at this point. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, at th- this game is like obviously I would say a few steps forward from those. Right. And then, and, and I know that I'm sorry. I think also <laughs> it's fine. Um, <laughs> it's also ba- fine. The bashful look. <laughs> uh, I was gonna say, it's also more like got more of a story to it than any of those other games, which I felt feel mm-hmm. like was more like novel at the time and more of a selling point that you had like it had more of a plot. And, like, a lot of platformers up till that time were just like, save the princess, yeah. get the MacGuffin, right. go through all the levels. Right. And this has, like, a narrative thread. Mm-hmm. And it's a narrative told to you in, like, lore dump cards that yeah. you shift between mm-hmm. them once at a time. And they, I think, other than the occasional in-the-hub world, like, 
over speech. I don't like like when they when it's on the little microphone thing and they're projecting it to all oh, the mediums. Yeah, the uh, like the PA yeah. system. Yeah, it's never like developed within the context of the level, and uh, and that's the kind of storytelling that we would rightfully kind of like make fun of or revile today. Right. Now, I think that you're totally, like, correct in that, like, this game does feel dated. Yeah, that's one thing, though, that I think um, you you can sort of attribute to its time. And, like, you asked a long-ass time ago at this point uh, if there were characters that, like, any of us actually cared about. And I'm sure that they both have characters that they like. But I like Murray, and I like... Not Murray. Fuck Murray. I like... <laughs> ben. Sorry, I like Bentley, a.k.a. just, uh... Will, just Will Ferrell doing the Harry Carey voice. <laughs> like, Turtle. And, uh, and Sly himself. And I think that the voice acting is actually quite good for its time in, as well. In Murray's defense, his character does flesh out in the later. In the yeah. okay. All the characters are flushed yeah. out. Oh yeah, I don't want to, yeah. by the way, in case it's, I have never played any of the later Sly games, and I'm not making any claims about the later Sly games. Right. It's be- because of the, what I'm saying here is that it's historically within context, I, I couldn't find anything that felt like me think it was worth my time going back to it. I'm completely open to the idea that they actually turn these people like into characters in the later <laughs> games, and that they, you know, they turn it into... They just get better. I can't think about it. It's, there's so many broad different ways this game could improve upon what it is because we're looking back at it now from 15 years, right. all the improvements made at it, that I'm totally open to like Sly 4 being like an actually great game that I could enjoy as much as I could enjoy platformers. But I also I feel like it's important because we've discussed multiple times how like many people back in the day like actually seem to like enjoy it and how in Andy's case that it doesn't feel like it's being held on. I think it's important within context for us to know like the kind of people at that time that were praising it, uh, which is why I got an excerpt from the IGN review How dare of you. Sly Cooper. I'm actually really <laughs> interested to hear what it says. Yeah. Not. <laughs> it could be. I was like, the most frequently quoted video game publication on our <laughs> podcast is IGN, with a total of two mentions. <laughs> oh, way to go, IGN. Yeah. I, just, I think that's fair, given how like even if we don't even if we don't think they're like excellent even within context, they're notable. I think they're representative at the very least, and they always have been representative. In the same way that Sly Cooper is important in the modern day, IGN is important in the modern day, just because they existed in two thousand two, right? And somehow still do now. <laughs> oh hit, yeah, they hit, still exist, don't they? Hit us for that. I was blown question. away. All right, so in like. I'm trying to word this in a way that won't make it seem like I'm trying to be shitty to this reviewer who's now probably like in his like mid forties somewhere. Already for IGN, but if I can also control my phone long enough to zoom it correctly, quote: Sly is cool in many ways. He's stealthy, talented, and always up for dangerous missions. There is an unspoken cool about his character that's hard to not like. See, I like Sly a lot. What kind of article is <laughs> That is a review. That, that is a review that gave an extremely high positive score from IGN. That's uh, like the biggest review website at the time. That's, that's to be fair, that guy's probably in his mid-twenties now. That is <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. 
I'm saying that the games at the time were made for people who would respond to media like that. They weren't like as critical as the media has become over time. The standards were not raised at the time, nor should they be even contextually. It's a young medium. I'm just saying that now, today, I cannot look back on Sly Cooper based on what I experienced in like a positive light. And I think if I think if we looked at the people either with it, that we were as children or who were reviewing it and like were uh, embodying the games industry at the time, I think we could be critical of them and the reasons they like Sly Cooper on the same grounds. I just think we've grown. I, I will say this. Um, I don't disagree. Uh, so Andy and I both played it as, as children, right? Yes. So, I, so in, in, I actually in, remember in, playing this on like the PS2 jam pack. What is oh, it? hell yeah. What is a jam pack? Please tell me. Uh, it's like a demo disc. I forget what... Did it come with like, like PlayStation a, Monthly or yeah, something? Yeah, there's like 30 I, you games can buy on there that were like... That's also true. Like, that's where I got it. And it just comes with... like a level of each game. Yeah, it comes with like like, like a bunch of demos on it. Oh, man! I played the first level of Jack and Daxter on one of these discs. Yes. Yeah, the jam pack. Yeah. So, yeah, and I, I have a weird like collection of jam packs. I got well. Ratchet and Clank and Sly Cooper because of that jam pack. So. <laughs> yeah, for some reason, the branding makes it more notable than just a demo disc. Right. Because like, you get a demo disc, but you need a fucking jam pack. <laughs> yeah. I but played anyway. on a jam pack Half Life 1 for the first time. What? And I was so scared of the zombies that I never got the game. <laughs> it's one of my favorite games. Half wow. Life <laughs> 1 was on the PlayStation? Yeah, they ported it to the PlayStation 2. Oh. PlayStation, I think. That seems so yeah. weird to me. It is weird. But anyway, um, that's yeah. <laughs> I, I understand that if you went back and played this game now, I can understand some of the concerns you have. But like you so said, we played it <laughs> as children, right? And then I played it recently for this podcast this past summer, and uh, I enjoyed it again, mm. partly because of sentimental value, right? Because of who I was as a kid. I was like, oh man, it's great to get to play this. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Um, but I do think that there's something to say about it as a platformer that you, I understand what you're saying in the sense of like, there are aspects of the game that we can be very critical about now that would not exist in platforms of today, yeah. right? But just as a pure platformer, I would like to, I, and I'm actually curious about this, a, what's a better platformer from that time? It's a really difficult question to ask JJ. JJ. Right. Yes. Yeah. All right, but I'm saying like, and, and I'm not just specific to JJ though, right? right. Um, like, Ratchet and Clank, great game, not a better platformer. Jack and Daxter, good game, not a better platform. I would argue right? that it's a better platformer. Jack personally. and Daxter? Yeah. I, I um, can't weigh in on that's that. That's fine, yeah. but uh, I, I think there are some people that would agree Mario with you. Sunshine is a better platformer. In a novel way. It was the same year? I was going to bring up Sunshine again. I'm not talking about novelty. I'm talking right. about pure platform experience, yeah. right? And I just, it, I think that's why I enjoyed this game so much, because of, it's, it's a total, right? I mean, like, you can go back to... Yeah, Mario 64 or Crash Bandicoot, which Crash Bandicoot was linear in a sense that I don't even consider that as much. Right. Um, you know, well, the, the, the Crash Bandicoot is an interesting example, and which is why we brought it up. Um, but the main thing holding Crash back uh, from, like, the reason that a lot of these games are such a step forward from Crash is because Crash is a game that didn't have analog sticks. Right. And you yeah, just that's had, true. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Um, but yeah, either way, um, I'm just saying as a, as a platformer, it's it's difficult to make a pure platformer 
that is still enjoyable because of the actual aspects. Like you can look at like like Prince of Persia, right, or something like yeah. that, where it's like nobody plays that game. You know what I'm saying? Like that was like forgotten in the annals of. Are yeah. oh, you talking about like Sands the original? Sands of Time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, see, yeah, I think yeah, Sands of Time is a great game. Really? Yeah. Well, we can I, have that discussion at a different yeah, time. But uh, yeah. <laughs> my, my main point is that it, to just make something that is a difficult platform, and that's something else I'd like to get into is what you thought of the difficulty of this game. Yeah. But um, I think just to make something like this that's a platformer and still have some like this mass appeal is something that's special to this game without having some sort of novelty or like hybrid shooter type yeah, thing or I, I, I really don't feel like but this is a preface to my statement not to, like a mission statement for this podcast or anything mm-hmm. uh, but I, I really don't feel like Sly Cooper is, the, is a game that needs like defended like I think that people like this game and I've already said that I don't think that this is a bad game um, but the one thing that I will defend about this game more so than any other aspect of it is the the platforming itself and the reason for that is just because uh, Sly has a really fluid movement to him that not a lot of other platformers that I've ever played had and it, and it is it's that it's the contextual cool button is what does it is because when you're like actually platforming across like gaps and around areas you can literally like hold the stick up and just Im- if you input the button presses like perfectly have this like nice line that feels right. almost like a, mm-hmm. like a Tony Hawk combo right. where like by the end of it you're like you you know you jump across all the things you swing across a gap right. you land and press yourself against the wall and you congratulate yourself on a job well done <laughs> and the platforming levels are my absolute favorite part of this game because the levels where you're just Slank Cooper and you're just platforming R- are really fucking solid. And I think that's most, I think most people would agree in the yeah. sense of like, those it, are, like, yeah, they... And that's like 85% they, of right. the... And they they levels. had to put in those other I levels. I feel like it's less than that, but we'll talk about that there was, I think each, each world had at least one level where you were... Murray. Murray. Or where you were defending Murray. Right. right? And then one level that was, you were, had to like pilot something. The first of a sort. Right, I don't, um, I don't. I could be wrong. I don't think the very, very first level had any sort of like driving or piloting level. It didn't. And I only say that because okay. uh, it, I had, had, it had a mini game. It was a. I think it was a. Oh, third, you it's shoot, a third section. Yeah. Oh, you're right. Yeah. 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 And, but other, but other, yeah other, other than that, right? So yeah. there's, we'll say two levels per world in which you are having. And I, yeah. well, I understand. I, I looking back on that, I could have played this game without those levels yeah. at all. If there's and, a part you know, that, yeah, if there's the if there's game. something that we could lump together with the like doing things because it is a video game, because it is what video games are expected to do at the time. Having many games and having like asinine collectibles is yeah. just a thing that a platformer had. Right. And games that I like better than this one and games that I like less than this one did both of those things better and worse. Yeah. So I <laughs> It took me a hilarious and long time to even realize what the purpose of the coins were. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, to yeah. get the, the horseshoe? I eventually had to just like actually test it and just like be really careful and just watch what happened when I got the last really? one. Really? Yeah, to 100. And that's I was like, horseshoe, funny. that's where they're coming that's from. That's pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> no, I... um. I actually, it's funny, cause, and I would like to, I guess, talk about the difficulty, but I actually thought that some of those mini games were the hardest levels 
in the game. Oh yeah, right. Yes. Because, yes. And I, and again, I actually would like to make the reference is I think with there was no contextual cool button, right? right. And yeah, so like, that's true. So like what you're saying with the platform levels where you're running through and like I understand that it maybe decreases the difficulty slightly because you can't do that, but mm-hmm. I I agree in the sense of it just was cool. Like just to be able to just get string along, you know. Uh, it feels good. Some of the yeah. best levels were Panda King. Uh, I thought where you're running along the rooftops and you're, I mean, you're you're, you're hooking and then you're spire jumping yeah, yeah. And, and then you, you like land flying. and have to go immediately invisible because right. like somebody's turned around. Yeah. And when you actually strung that combo together, you were like, hell yes, this is yeah. what this <laughs> that's game was for. The game like saying? really hits its stride right. though. I think that's yeah. what the game was yeah. for, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Without that, in the minigame levels, it was. How important difficulty. are the uh, sort of like per level unlockable abilities to your experience? Um, you mean the the c- the circle button? Getting all getting all the, all the, all like, the uh, getting all bottles. the bottles oh, to get zero. In the, <laughs> okay, yeah. I'm, but Six. I can understand if you're a perfectionist, how when, you would need to do that. When I was I'd... a child, I know one hundred percent that I completed this whole game. I got every one of those clues. I opened all the safes. Uh, and, I mean, I remember doing it, I remember enjoying it when I was a kid. Uh, for this playthrough, I obviously didn't want to spend all that time doing it. Uh, I got one. It's the best one. Uh, it's the the dive, like oh, the quick yeah, dive. Yeah. And I was happy with that. And that was just coincidence, too. It just happens to be in a level where it's easy to get the clues. Is that, yeah. the, one, is that the one where you hit the triangle and you like have an attack that rolls forward? Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. I, I did. I, I agree with that as well. I think <laughs> not the first time I played through, but one of the previous, like the... Previous, um, previous to first, subsequent, subsequent. Wow, okay. <laughs> uh, one of the subsequent times that I played through it, I did do that, and it it is enjoyable, right, mm-hmm. to ha- have those moves that you didn't know. And I remember thinking, like, wow, I should have done this first time. Yeah. But the grind is, I don't, because they're just tertiary skills, right? They're not yeah. really like this. You know, they're not your core abilities, right? Yeah. Right. They're yeah, they're, they're a lot of them don't even do anything that great, right? And it's, it's more just cool. like. Yeah. One of your based on all, maybe I think out of cast discussions with you, Andy. Like, isn't this one of like what you think is like one of your cardinal sins in games these days? Like what? locking like actual like mechanical ability upgrades behind like arbitrary collectibles. Yeah, that's me. Yeah, that, I mean, that, oh, okay. Chad said that, but I agree yeah. with it. I think we all agree. It was on the 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 Hyperlight Drifter podcast uh, that when you yeah when you lock yeah. an ability behind like a thing. It, See, it feels wrong. In yeah. hindsight, that probably wasn't the greatest idea. But I mean, it's fine for this game just yeah, because of the way those were necessary. Yeah, yeah. yeah. right. It, we weren't at the point where like the it's, we've already had a discussion. Yeah, the game is not mature enough to have like put that kind of a thought into it. Right. Including things like the live system that is, I have no idea why it's in the game at all. Right. But we discussed that also on Super Mario Sunshine. Came out in the same year. It's like the live system doesn't mean anything. It's just how a long until you have to... Yeah. From 2D platformers. Yeah, it's like how long until you have to try the whole level over instead of just from the checkpoint. It's right. Like, whatever. <laughs> no, what we were talking about earlier with the... Because you're going to bring up difficulty. And if you're going to bring up difficulty in such close uh, quarters with us discussing those minigames... Each one of those mini games was worse than the previous one. Yeah, <laughs> they well, just keep getting worse as the time goes on. I disagree. The turret sections are fine as far as I'm concerned; like they're not that bad. But like by the time I got to the fucking uh, goddamn chicken thing, I was like, I'm gonna break everything in my room in half. Like, what was the chicken one? They're both 
I can I agree. The in Miss Ruby in the worst one is the, the I hate both of the mini games yeah. in that yeah. world because it's the chicken one mm-hmm. and the piranha one. Yep, and the they're pr- both oh, the so <laughs> hard. The, the, I'm telling the piranha one. I remember the first time I played this game, I stopped playing for like two weeks. Because I couldn't, I was so, I think I like broke a controller, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, when you're young and you can't, yeah, yeah. you can't actually like rationalize that anger, so you have to like take it out on something. When I was a kid, oh, I was man, playing was the, uh, the guitar solo in, was it Freebird was in Guitar Hero 2? Yes. Yeah. And I uh, yeah. twisted the neck of the plastic guitar so that like all of the buttons just shot out. Like. <laughs> <laughs> I was just so pissed about it. Yeah. Only yeah, when you were a child, controllers are just going to get broken. Yeah. I don't know why. But no, the uh, the piranha one, the chicken one took me. It's interesting. So when I was younger, I specifically remember the piranha one mm-hmm. just being like the one that I was like, "Fuck this game." I hate it, you know what I'm saying? And I'm like, I'm like I, I cooled off for like two weeks and came back and like beat it and like I think maybe cried a little bit, tears of joy. But this playthrough this last time around, the chicken one got yeah. I don't remember the chicken one being that difficult when I first played it, but this time it was as close as I was going to come to being like, I'm about to break something, you know? Yeah. To, as a, just a refresher real quick, just to like, so everyone is aware of the frustration. Yeah. The chicken minigame... Was just you the you had to hit fifty chickens, which ran around and spawned out of stupid little doors in a minute and a half, and then every once in a while two dumbass roosters <laughs> with like giant Batman bombs with fuses would run out and chase you around, and you had to make them run into each other so they would explode. And it's like every other game. I remember I was frustrated this time on Mugshot's boss battle. It's not even that hard, but like yeah. every time that I repeated it. I got a little bit better. I did better. I figured out what I was doing wrong. And I completed I grew and understood with the game. I got worse every time I tried the chicken minigame. I probably did it 14 times before I finally got it. That game can go fuck right up. So many of the minigames make, like, weird, unpolished decisions also Mm -hmm. compared to their times. Like, the very first, like, underwater shooting minigame, you don't have, like, a separate fire button with your thing. You gotta slam the stick over and over again to shoot your buttons. No, oh. You can hold it. Yeah. It's like a twin stick. It's cool. One of us us does this on every single podcast. (laughs) Let's see. You just played it through thinking that you had to... That's the worst shit. This is actually... I hope that this one might have than me shitting and messing up either because <laughs> the hardest mini game I thought was the racing section, the first one at the dog track. Um, that I almost literally quit the game on that, and I thought I was gonna have to come on this cast and be like, "You guys, <laughs> I've beaten Sophia. every Dark Souls game. <laughs> <laughs> I could not get past From the racing section. My bitch. I could not. I could not do this like made for children racing thing." And it was, I, I figured out later it was because. Like the acce- there's no dedicated acceleration button. Right. You just have to like hold forward on right. the stick to accelerate. And if you ever are not holding forward on the stick, you just go slow or not in like the normal racing that, way. That where you me, stop moving. Yeah. You that move. took me a couple of, like tries to remember like the mechanics of it. But then once I got the like, I was like, oh yeah, shit, this is how you do that. Then like the the subsequent racing games, I like. Like I'm assuming that that, that, like these problems (laughs) fall under the same purview of the things that's just been my general narrative on this podcast, which is just it was earlier in the game. They didn't have a lot of other comparison points, probably for the kind of games they were trying to imitate in 3D at the time. 
it was just still yeah. unpolished. And I honestly never even thought about that in terms of like what other 3D racing games existed at the time. But now that I do think about it, you know what 3D games existed at the time? Burnout. Uh, <laughs> Mario Kart. I think, yeah, Mario Kart, Gran Turismo. There were three of them I before guess this game came out. If we're being really critical, also, we can, you know, go for like Galaga. Every arcade game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think that we can pretty much all unanimously shit on some of those mini games because yeah. they were pretty bad. Like I said, I understand why they did it because they, it's a platform and they're like, oh, we gotta have mini games. Yeah, something but, to um, break up the platform. If there was no mini games at all, I would have yeah. liked this game just as much. If yeah. Not more. There's a, the, just as a final note on my thoughts on those mini games, and ugh, the the one thing that I noted that I was just like, someone didn't, like, quality control these minigames as a whole, is because there are multiple minigames that have the same mechanics, but use a different button to fire. There's, yeah, like, you'll I've be in that boat, that. and you press X to fire the, the flamethrower, and then there's, like, another one where you're in, like, a slightly different boat, and you mm-hmm. press square instead. Right. And it's like, why, why? Like, X, square is attack at all times. X for that one. I will say this, I don't think they were concerned with the anal retentive, retentiveness of somebody being like, oh, I gotta press a different button. To we just group all those people together and call them the anal retentives. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. I'll call those the people who understand and accept, like, ergonomics as a principle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because if oh, you man. have a retentive anus... You need to sit in comfortable chairs. <laughs> I'm saying there's a reason. Like if if we went if we tried to play like a PC game today that like used page up and page down to look up and down instead of doing like a twin stick thing with a controller or, or something you know, or like mouse aim. Or, or you know if you played Dark Souls with a keyboard and mouse. <laughs> yes. Let's bring up the options menu. How do you think we do that? Home. <laughs> like Namco. Some keyboards don't even have that. <laughs> Namco Bandai cannot, like, go up to the people who tried to, like, play Dark Souls with a keyboard on PC <laughs> and be like, oh, you guys are just anal retentive. <laughs> you should use it. So it's like, you made Pac-Man. I'll agree with Fuck I'll agree with it, but I will say that to, there's four buttons on a pad to hit one button, then have to, oh, shit, gotta sure. switch to a it's different It's button. just weird. It well, is weird. It's, it's, it's inconsistent. It was, in hindsight, they were probably like, well, shit, we probably should have made the button the same. <laughs> but it's not like... It's not like this huge deal. <laughs> to, to they all, them nice they all went further. out. To, they all went out drinking. Like, yeah. The game came out. And they were like, "Man, if only we would have made those buttons." <laughs> like, Shit. They're like, "Joe was right, son of a bitch." <laughs> we, we laughed at it. We didn't even yeah, fight him out. Yeah. Yeah. We fired him. Yeah. <laughs> we should probably Whoops. call Joe and give him his job. They'll hear this, and Joe will finally feel validated. <laughs> <laughs> it's like someone caught him on their bullshit. <laughs> I'd like to point out also that the previously mentioned IGN review praised the polish of the mini games. <laughs> this was, that guy that, was this IGN review was, was written by eleven. Yeah, exactly. There's, there's no way. Like, I'm sorry. It was like a guest review. It was yeah, bring right. your daughter to work day. <laughs> Like she they, wrote the review for the game. That's the worst thing is when you're trying to defend a game, and then there's also somebody else trying to defend the same game that does a really shitty job on yes. the defense. So then you're like, no, like don't. That doesn't count. Don't listen to this fucker. But um, I think because there are, there are other elements of this game that we did like. 
Or at least three of us, probably. (laughs) Yeah, the majority. I'm I'm still not completely convinced that JJ did not just open the CD case and take out like an errant dog turd and put it into a PlayStation. Uh, But we should get to those after the break. Yeah? Yeah. What do I know that song? Pink Panther. Everybody knows that song. Okay. What haven't we talked about in this game yet? Um, almost anything hyper specific about its design. What do you What do you think about the bosses specifically? Like, did you think that they were like on par, better, or or like shit? I think that I know JJ thinks they're shit, but I'm just. I think that, uh, man, like, I've already stated that I feel like the platform levels are the strongest. Mm-hmm. So, some of the bosses, there are only five bosses, so I can't really, like, some. make a, yeah, <laughs> I can't make a generalization like that, but, um, Raleigh, mm-hmm. a little bit mugshot, and, uh, definitely clockwork all are fairly platform heavy mm-hmm. we're all in the most basic way imaginable right. yeah. um, with actual platforms <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and clockwork has just like because he's a whole stage he doesn't right. he's not broken up into levels right. in the way that the other ones were with an overworld um, so like the the platform and actually I, I do like uh, Panda King as sort of like a pure combat boss Overall, I'd say that I'm fairly positive on the bosses, all things considered. Um, and if, if uh, what's your name, Madam Miss Ruby, Miss Ruby, Ms. Ruby, Ms. Ruby. Yes. Uh, was better, like was more responsive, it would be my favorite boss in the game. I think. I think I think Miss Ruby had the best like, um, uh, conversation like the best uh, banter banter there it is yeah. I, I thought that was funny that's like, my favorite thing about the bosses is their character mm-hmm. right they're very uh, saturated yeah it's like Kung Fu Panda before Kung Fu Panda except this time there's a literal Kung, Kung Fu, Fu Panda, Panda but I mean like unlike in Kung Fu Panda I mean like in this game there is a literal Kung Fu Panda that's not what I'm talking about I just mean that like that animal characterization based on like their nationality and personality mm-hmm. meshed together. It was that sort of like, which I mean, I'm sure this is not the first thing that did it, and I'm sure there are tons of examples of like animated films that do this kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. But like, that's just sort of it's a tried and true thing, and I think they do it well in this, particularly in in Rally and Miss Ruby's case. I think right. both of them are like pretty much spot on. I really hate Mugshot because of the massive, like, oversight where they were, like, they give his backstory, and they're, like, he was the run of the litter, and he got picked on, so he, like, became really muscular, and then you completely invalidate his attacks by making him drop his guns? Yeah. Why don't they just punch you in the face? He's a massive <laughs> arm. Because he has to walk around. He has to walk around. It's a fist. He can do like kind of like a like a pivot thing where he like puts the fist in the ground and spins around. And he didn't have, he didn't have the weird like tiny shriveled legs in the cutscenes and like the narrative content. 
They mostly shot him from like the chest up. Well, yeah, in fact, like, I, I will say they did that about a lot of them too. Like Raleigh, you didn't realize like one yeah. the size of his top hands, yeah. which I thought was interesting. <laughs> but like it was the same case where it was like in the cutscenes, you don't really actually understand like what who like what exactly actually, what they look like. Their yeah. frames are in the game until you actually see them. In right. fact, I don't even really understand in the mugshot boss fight like what you're doing. Like, where is it established that like mugshot? guns like dissipate in the presence of light or whatever <laughs> like he doesn't like hate light and why like, the, the two things don't have any kind of connection you like flip the mirrors to get sunlight to reflect into these big crystals and then he goes yow and the no, guns I think he's disappear being like, he's being like uh, it's like burn. a laser right like so, yeah. you know like you take a magnifying glass with the sun you can like burn ants but it's I mean, good it's okay. like, it is an extremely flawed execution <laughs> well yeah but that is exactly what they're going for is that the mirrors are reflecting light into the crystals yeah. which are then Reflect, refracting like a very concentrated. <laughs> it's like a laser. You mean the opposite of refraction? It's literally. Yeah, it's, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's literally just and, a laser, and it's just, just like heating the guns and it's burning his hands. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I don't think. <laughs> <is that> a <laughs> your staff, and it, you, I don't think it, it only works when exactly way. all of them are completed. Yeah, like that's <laughs> the thing I'll say is that like. You have like nine out of ten lasers but you pointing know at it, but they don't do shit until the the tenth laser. Is like <laughs> this is, I mean, this is in no way worse than being like, if you shoot somebody a hundred times with a gun, they can still operate at full capacity. Yeah, but like, I, once they take their last hit point, they're down for the count. Like, the, it's not. It's just how video games work. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just dumb. It's just, but it just happens. Prior to the conversation, I wasn't even aware of the, like, make the guns hot justification. I literally just didn't understand really? anything that was happening. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, you ruined my guns. Yeah. Like, good, good thing, thing I more upstairs. Escalators. And it's like, why do you just have guns on these different levels of, like, weird, like, uh, like spire-like... Uh, Including on top of his, like, like chandelier. chandelier. Yeah, like, he stores guns in his chandelier. And his chandelier just happens to be on this huge crystal at the bottom, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. He cares so much about mirrors. Dude, but it he is wants a to look at his fun guns. boss battle. It's, it's fun. His guns, you know what I'm talking about? You see what I did there? With the, yeah, right, his, gun, his guns. That makes a lot more sense if you saw the motions I just did. Yeah. But you yeah. never will. You never no. will. We'll post a photograph. Is it weird that I imagine like uh, a young fawn playing this game at like age 10 or whatever? With like the beard and a flat, flat It's it is so interesting. If you knew who I was when I was ten years old versus who I am now, it's the it most interesting like juxtaposition of people. Like, yeah, I think for like yeah. the 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 audience's like enjoyment, like you're the type of person because. Fun is not the first person I think we would have pegged as, like, a friend of ours who would be on the cast, who would, like, have, like, opinions on games generally. When Fun first told me that he played World of Warcraft, oh, I was... Oh, you can't tell people that. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, who just ruined my persona, You're not, you're not going to show this podcast to people who you don't want to know you play WoW. <laughs> point. <laughs> but, like, yeah, like, when he, I was, like... Shocked! I was taken aback by this. Taken aback. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like you're like in the context of this like podcast and in like all of the classes that we just take together generally. Mm -hmm. So much more like mild than like any of your other like outgoing personality traits <laughs> would assume. You're like, you're, 
definitely the like unexpected thinker. Okay. I would say, um, I remember tell, coming... tell me more about myself. Rolling into like a philosophy club once with a Kingdom Hearts t shirt, and you were yep. like, Oh, I was just talking about Kingdom Hearts. I love that game. <laughs> and I was like, What? <laughs> Fonz played Kingdom Hearts. I remember that too because that shirt is fucking awesome. Yeah. yeah. So now that we're done talking about how fantastic Fon Cushman is yeah. and his hey. childhood, both past, present, Tw- and future Fon. Twitter handle OG Cushman. Look me up. Yeah. The, uh, <laughs> at OG Cushman. Well, yeah, we'll put that please in the Please don't. End. Please don't look me up. Um, too late now. Yeah, I don't know. There's just like because discussing the boss of this game is just like. These bosses are so video game bosses, and arguably, maybe inarguably, a little bit racially insensitive. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah, Uh, I'd say yes. Like, Panda King is the worst offender by a pretty wide margin. Like, I'm so many steps behind in criticizing this game, like, even having the kind of criticisms that would approach, like, the sort of, like, social justice stuff that people often talk about in the context of, like, modern games. Right. Like, I haven't even, like, brought up the way that, like, Police Girl is treated, because it's so many <laughs> Police steps. Girl? Yeah. Carmelita Fox. Carmelita Fox. Fox. Yeah, this, it, cause that's... She has a name, JJ. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't remember it. You, you chauvinist pig. Yes. If JJ was in the game, he would be a literal pig. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with, with red hair. Yeah. <laughs> Big old chops. Wait, yeah. who, who would you be, Chad, if you were in the game? Also a pig. No, uh... Chad, Chad would be a shark. Yeah, I would yeah, be a shark. 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 Yeah. You'd be like just a like, for you being a shark? Like the comedic, like, fun time shark. So like, 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 I'm sorry, from, the, uh, the comedic no. fun time shark? <laughs> yeah, the comedic fun time shark. Like the shark like in what? Toy Story. Yeah, okay. exactly. Oh, like a squeaky toy yeah. shark. Okay. Yeah. And he's got the hat on. I'd be a oh, yeah. 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 What was the Hanna-Barbera cartoon that starred a shark with oh. a tiny hat? Fuck. That was Did the specific touchstone that I was going for. I do know what you're talking about. He had a hat at least. Oh, what was that show called? That's because like all Hanna-Barbera is like two generations behind us. Yes. Yeah, I was about no to reason say. We know oh, any of this. I'm on it. What about you? I don't know. Who would uh, Andy be? You were going to bring up like an actual oh, cogent point that. about Carmelita Fox. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just but that. I don't, I literally, it's probably not even a point that needs said, but yeah. please go ahead. The game plays the like, this like two business heavy woman needs like a suave man in her life to get her things <laughs> online. Straight. It plays it completely straight. Yeah, it is. For 10 year olds. It's great because yeah. it, is a, it is a trope, but like they, because they play it so straight, it's like. All comedic value is taken, like, completely away from it <laughs> when you're looking at it it's from like a non-12-year-old 12 year old perspective, and you're like, alright. We're like, oh god, this is... Oh, just just for any 10- to 12-year-olds out there that are playing this game right now, Sly and Carmelita are definitely fucking. Oh. Oh. You just... That's like telling those kids that Santa Claus is... I uh, know. I just want to let you know... <laughs> you made all of the dreams come true. Yeah. The only thing that you really need to know is that Sly is definitely trying to get in those jeans. There's a weird cultural those discussion buried in like She's jeans. why, okay. like telling people, telling a kid that two people are having sex is like <laughs> disastrous in the same way that learning Santa Claus isn't real. I actually a lot to unpack. I there. said that the opposite way. That, that Santa Claus yeah, is, is totally is, real. Oh my bad. Because. I'm Making dreams come yeah, true. Because yeah. unfortunately, or fortunately, Sly Cooper, the raccoon, and Carmelita Fox, the fox, 
are not actually fucking because they're characters in a video game. (laughs) (laughs) So telling them that they are. Alternative (laughs) alternative universe. Um, Yeah, it's just kind of gross. Weirdly, though, those uh, levels are some of my favorites in the game. Mine too! Yeah. Yeah. Just really fun, like fast, like the like active type. platforming. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Where it's most like Crash Bandicoot. Yeah, <laughs> I, was, I was about to say that's exactly like you're literally just a you're you're playing a scrolling platformer. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. going back to it, except for like when you get later in those levels and like some of the platforms start dropping, and you have to deal with the environment and not just mm-hmm. her. It, the game, they do a good job of making it seem like there's a whole lot of tension on you, but it's not, it's not really true. You can dodge her bullets. Kind of easily from like a standing position. No, I don't know, I don't know how because it's obviously like easily. the most high-powered weapon of yeah. all time. <laughs> they talk about it all the time. Yeah, they call it a bazooka at the beginning of the game. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if I, you know, if I'm trying to capture a criminal, I'm definitely going to use the the slowest moving projectile weapon right. I can find. It's the only non-lethal option they had available. <laughs> yeah, <they> said, <laughs> like, no, like a tranquilizer dart weapon. Don't you have like a taser or like maybe like one of those like bean bags or yeah. something? In the description of non-lethal, except this non-lethal happens to blow up vehicles. Yeah. <laughs> By police organization, we mean like international like crime investigation. Yeah, because she just rolls around and like arrests all of the bosses as you finish them. Speaking, speaking yeah. of which, how how like what percentage did Sly Cooper like help her career? Like, this, she was nobody until she caught, like, the biggest five criminals in the world. Yeah, four, because Beca- Clockwork can't yeah, get destroyed, but whatever. Four, because of Slaku. I really yeah. think that's the exact message the game is trying to send. That, yeah. Yeah. This woman was really nothing until Slaku. Like, like, you chauvinist pig, I love, JJ. I love that, like, in the game, like, they make it a point to tell you that Sly Cooper only steals from thieves. But, like, they never show him doing that. So as far as you know, he's just lying about it. In, in the, uh, the little the cartoon, cartoon clips. Yeah. And they, they're like, we, uh, you know, like, fucking ran around Hollywood for a while. And he's, yeah. like, got a bunch of stuff to yeah. control. And like, he's, like, stealing, like, a baguette. And you're like, no criminal he's had, got, like, a loaf of bread that you were taking. He's got, like, the like, stars that- from Hollywood Boulevard. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like... What thief did you steal those from? <laughs> Are those even technically owned by anyone? That just seems like a cultural city? icon. Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. You're just treating yeah. the city of Hollywood as a criminal. It's like yeah. stealing the demon Which, from the Hollywood side. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not yeah. even that adverse to thinking that. He's way, just so. opposed to Hollywood whitewashing. Yeah, I mean, he's like, I need more raccoon representation. Were they in Cairo and he stole like the Sphinx or something like that? He stole the Sphinx? Not the Sphinx, no. but he, they were in like Egypt at one point. He stole something. It would have been in a later game. I don't think they ever go to Egypt Oh. Surprising. This is actually an amazing segue <laughs> into the only cool Maybe. fun fact that I have. Oh man, how cool Hold is this fun, fun fact? Yeah. The only cool fun fact that I have about this game that I did look up uh, in regard to both bosses and them gallivanting around the world. Uh, in a note that Sly makes at the end of uh, the Ms. Ruby like, level cutscene... Uh, the re- the like charge that Carmelita arrests her on uh, is zombification, which he says was made illegal in 1971. That is true. <laughs> zombification was made illegal in Haiti in the early 70s. Uh, the the like bot the governing body that he cites is made up. That law actually does exist. <laughs> that was and so technically she would be being charged with attempted murder. That was okay. set in Haiti, right? Miserably was in yeah, Haiti. Yeah, it was in Haiti. 
So he's like totally legit. How, how shitty did you feel as a Haitian playing this game? You're like, what the hell? <laughs> well, I mean, that's the thing. How this shitty not... do you feel as a member of any of these? Yeah. Like, I would give Raleigh a pass because it's like it's just Europe. Well, yeah. well he's like he's British. I think that he's supposed to be a Jack the Ripper like yeah. spin-off. Because like he jumps high, like Spring Heeled Jack, like that kind of thing. And so like that's been riffed on enough that I feel like the, at the very least it's not a racial thing. It's like about a particular serial killer. Yeah. But yeah, like the voodoo priestess is not like he's not representative of modern Haitians. Right. But I mean, I just don't think they give well, a uh, shit. I think they, I think they really nailed Midwest America though. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like have the well, he's like a weird mashup though of like he's like an Italian mobster. Yeah. And also like the junkyard dog. Like prison inmate tough guy. Right. No, that's that's very like. I mean, I, I go hand in hand. I, I, I mean, <laughs> it's true, sort of, but like it's like yeah. you often see this sort of like like mob culture represented in popular culture in the context of like Las Vegas and places like that. You know, yeah. the idea of being like the the mob picks you up and takes you out into the middle of the desert to you know like kill and put your body somewhere and you know, the police won't be able to find you with like a clever euphemism thrown in there yeah although I do agree that like Raleigh's mix of tropes is kind of weird and unclear at I don't understand why he's in a blimp like, yeah yeah it's yeah. his bad weather machine yeah <laughs> I, I thought he was a sky pirate essentially I don't know I didn't he just makes the weather bad so that no one can come to the island. I didn't know it's like ship's crash right so yeah. he can collect yeah. all the loot yeah and also so that no one can bust him by yeah. coming yeah, in on a boat that's true. But in the uh, Haitian level, the, is me potentially being ignorant here? I doesn't isn't that music just like Southern Bayou tunes? Yes. Yeah, it's like it's, yeah. it's Louisiana they, they, inspired. Yes. They mixed music. Haiti right. in the Bayou together. Yeah, it's <laughs> to create this strange. weird combination yeah. of like but voodoo. That, that is my favorite like world. Yeah, it that is, is my favorite world. design, especially in terms of levels. But um, it has the worst mini games. Yeah, <laughs> the, uh, right. the the enemies in that in that are really cool as well. I will say there's one time that it's just like let's just go hog wild, like ghosts, swamp monsters, giant snakes. Yeah, the level with there. like the giant sea monsters. Right. Yeah. Yeah. My question about the giant sea monster is: it, it, so it escapes and then it's yeah. just like chilling. Yeah. Like, but uh, it, like, what's the point? Like, they were like made this whole to do about like. Oh, like gonna we're gonna trap. Yeah, we're keeping this huge giant sea monster because you know, uh, assuming that <laughs> if it gets let out, it's gonna wreak havoc. Right. And then it gets let out in what opens a door that you needed to open so yes. you can get to the next level. Like <laughs> tears right there, <laughs> and that's it. And then it's like, oh. Well, also, the snake does not give a shit at all. Like the sea monster, whatever the hydra. Does not give a shit about eating you at all. No, because when you get to the end of the level, he just goes like, "See you later." He saw freedom and decided that was more tasty. That's true. Nothing is more delicious than freedom. Nope. Quips. (laughs) Don't fucking punctuate our quips with the word quips. (laughs) No, but it like it's like meta. It's like meta comedy. I was going to go in and edit the word quips, and every time we made it, oh, you (laughs) do you need need sound bites for me? Yeah. Quips. 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 Is that good? That's yeah. That's probably fine. All right. Um. But no, the enemies in this level, in specifically in Haiti, are what I think emblematic of a lot of things uh, about like how the because the enemies in this game, as we've discussed before, are comically ineffective. 
Yeah, Chad and I had this discussion. Yeah, it's like a, they, they very rarely pose more of a problem than just area denial. Yeah. Right. Which is fine. Like, that's their, I assume, intended purpose. But at the same time, like, you know the mosquito enemies? Yeah. I know the words. I have no idea what their hitbox is. Yeah. Because, yep. like, I... See, I feel like I'm now going in the opposite direction of you guys. Because I was 100% sure that I got killed by those. And they just missed somehow. Like, they would just be like... Like... Stinger in my eyeball, <laughs> sucking my brains out through my skull, and I'm just like, what, well, I'm fine. They're over there now. Like, I don't understand. <laughs> and then the, the, like, the big green moss monsters will hit you from, like, a thousand yeah. feet away. Yeah, I never really understood a lot of the, like, specific enemy design in the game. It always felt like, it, to me, like, it was a little bit of a worst of both worlds situation, where you have incredibly, like, easy to avoid, not particularly engaging foes that kill you in one hit unless you have like enough of the coins right. or have lost so many times in a row that they just start you with a new one right. of the little things I will say I thought the the, the most comically ineffective one in the whole game was uh, the Panda King level and it's the it's the female like cheetah or whatever which well, which one I was interested in that was the animal that they chose to be in like the northern peaks of China right yeah it's like, like cheetah or whatever but it was so <laughs> comical it's almost like they meant to make it comical because they do like they do, she does like three flips and then does like this crazy like nunchuck bow staff thing and it's like about to fight you and you can just be like you know like you know, it's like and their hitbox is so far away like like it's like twice the like your staff is like twice the length of their hitbox so you can just sit there and like there are times where I would do it on purpose and like let them do all of their flips and crazy things just to like hit them once in the face. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna pull a deep cut here. Uh, there was a game that I played on the on the original Xbox. It was called Justice League Legends, Ooh. and it was like a uh, uh, weird beat 'em up game from like an isometric perspective. And Huntress was one of the characters you could play in that game. And that is... She is exactly those cheetah enemies. Every one of her attacks starts like a 14-hit combo. <laughs> and then at the end of it, you just get murdered. So, like... That, you just, like, watch these dudes do, like, backflips and spins. And then you're just like, bonk, on yeah, the next yeah. one. <laughs> uh, Much bonk. Yeah, very weird. I actually thought maybe some of the wow. toughest enemies were in mugshots, uh, just yeah. because of the use of bullets. Yeah, oh, um, yeah. The, where it was there like the the, the one, yeah the Rottweilers. First off, I love that character model where just like, is hysterical. Like, they're wearing like funny. zoot suits and they got yeah. like the glasses on. They're carrying around like, these big machines. The way that they walk, like, and they're like, just <laughs> they're like the cool guys on the block. Yeah, uh, but they were difficult, right? If they saw you, you I mean, like yeah. it was very they difficult to really like, dodge fast. that bullet. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, as bullets um, tend to be. Right. When well, they're not fired out of yeah, a I was about to say, <laughs> with, yeah, not not counting Carmelita's uh, shock bazooka and <laughs> yeah. shots guns, which are dodgeable. Also true, you can jump those. Yes. I didn't realize that for a while, that's why I had so much trouble. Me neither. It's a really huge bait and switch in that game, because they set up the level design in the mugshot boss fight like, as if you're supposed to constantly be undercover. Yes. But that's and not true And you didn't have to be. You yeah. just jump over the bullets. Yes. It becomes significantly easier once that clicks. Well, you know, Sly Cooper was obviously the the uh, faster than the speed. Right. right. Sound. He, well, he you know he was the influence for the Matrix. You know, that was, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, that is true. That movie they came out like three, three years, years before. before right. Yeah. <laughs> well, they were you know they were they were probably you know uh, designing Sly Cooper a lot earlier and then right. 
the Wachowski brothers got came to a there. visit to Sucker Punch. Yeah. <laughs> we really liked that robot game that you guys made. What are you guys up to next? Oh, we're making this uh, game about this guy that can is apparently just dodge any weapon you throw at him, including bullets. Oh my god. Yeah. Cancel our project on the, yeah. the metrics. Yeah. A game, about, a game about statistics. <laughs> okay. A movie about statistics. We're gonna change this shit up. Instead of just learn about statistics on our own time and yeah. stop trying to impose it on the United States. Yeah. See what else we gotta we gotta talk about something substantial here. Uh, <laughs> no, no we don't. Inst- I I liked I like the animation sometimes. I thought the animation was super hit and miss. Man, JJ. I know, I know, right? Like, I, know. I have a question. You, is there Sonic one is there one. any one thing that you just enjoyed about this game? Like uh um, no matter how small, just no qualifications? No qualifications. Uh I th- uh, we should give him some kind of a qualification. <laughs> <laughs> no, ahead, but I'm prepared to be disappointed. Yeah, right. Uh I thought the game in the Mugshot, one of the levels in Mugshot's world where it's like roulette wheel themed, yeah. and, uh, the, and towards the end of the level you actually have to like jump on specific things in a roulette wheel. Yeah. I thought that was actually the, one of the few times the game did like a good job, like matching like the theme of the environment they were in with like specific game mechanics. Uh, I, I thought the, the neon sign level in the same world was also cool, and that you had to like climb on them. Right. It, it was nice and circular. That was I thought a really good example of like, a classic platformer level that also mixed in like the cool button that it was the one the game's apparent selling feature we've decided on constantly <laughs> in the gameplay. Cool yeah. yeah, and the game I think does a really good job at all of its transitions, especially within the context of like a PS2 title. Like load times are extremely mild, even like, on like the old versions of the PS2. Uh, and there's lots of just like you just go from the car to the base to all the individual levels without feeling like you're going through yeah. menus. They contextualize it well, and I like what they did with the hub worlds, and that you still have to like like kind of play the game just a little bit in a much easier fashion to get to the levels. Yeah, it made it seem like you were it made it seem more like you were sneaking in uh, than. Yeah, because the, the hub worlds all had, like, there's an infiltration there are mission. Enemies, yeah. And then there's an area that has enemies, and then there are the, like, main levels, mm-hmm. the six main levels. So. Yeah, I thought that was good. Yeah. That was actually, doesn't that feel good? Say some nice yeah. things. I mean, I already said that I liked the favorite levels in the whole game were the uh, pursuit levels, because they had a yeah. message of tension. And they, they, I was just like, for some reason, I expected you to be like, I like the sound it makes when you hit continue. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, like, I, like, whoa. I liked it when it was over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So you said your the jungle was your favorite. Yeah. What was what about Maybe you guys? Swamp. I have yeah. one that I was was my favorite, but then I ended up being disappointed. And we can talk about that. But, um, what were your favorite, Chad? Oh, I, I also impartial to the swamp, though. I think platforming wise, that my yeah. best level is probably the best. I yeah. thought I would have thought. Did, uh, do you like that one too? Because I actually thought that one maybe tied in the environment to the the actual levels and platforming more than most. Yeah, all my favorite levels are mugshot levels. I really? Think. Really, yeah. Okay, then. Yeah. Um, I liked the Panda King. I liked right. the China. China is pretty um, solid. I really enjoyed almost all of the levels. And and you said you actually enjoyed but I was so disappointed by that boss. I actually think that's my least favorite King? boss. Oh, the Panda King one? Because it's just combat. There's right. nothing else it's involved. It's a difference in kind. What do you mean? Others. Yeah, it is different. Don't get me yeah. wrong. And I understand they had to shake it up, I guess, but there's just <laughs> zero platforming involved at all. Like, you have to jump up three stairs. 
Yeah. <laughs> and it's like you don't have to jump, you can just run up the steps. That's you know true. I mean? yeah. not even like, he's got you there, Chad. Yeah, yeah he's he's actually jumping think, off. That's kind they, of the purpose of steps. Yeah, I think they originally I think they originally meant for that boss to be like cause alright, so you know how it's in that circle and it kinda goes down like an amphitheater. Yeah, there. it's gonna um, I think you're supposed to like hide behind the like the statue well, and dodge. The but really Except you, you just... never had to do that. Like you could just run up there and just hit him. Yeah. And then like and you know, it takes you to, you know, two maybe two draws to like learn all of the sounds to like each attack. Yeah, all of his moves. So that I never, never figured out like, how to dodge uh, the palm attack where he like just throws two hands down in front of him. You go behind him, which makes sense. I just never <laughs> had to. It killed me once. And then every time he did it, I would always knock him into the next phase and be like, "Oh, thank God, I didn't yeah. have to deal with it." No, I just that was one of the things that I just was a little. Like I love that the all the levels of that honestly I mean maybe not the well, the mini game levels but all of the 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 platforming levels I just thought that the uh, aesthetics of that whole like group was just yeah. right up my alley. Right? Yeah, Fire so, in the Sky has a bit of a Fire in the Sky. That's it. Yeah. yeah okay. Uh, has a like has the advantage of having gi- having given you all of your moves. Yep. So right. you're allowed to just sort of go. With like go with the flow, literally, just yeah. like flow through the levels. And I think it's, it's it feels the, really satisfying. Yeah, it's got the best platforming, right. I think. Mm-hmm. I and that's I, I love you said find the sky. I I will say this: I really enjoyed the intro. It was like an episode. Oh uh, yeah, it's got Sly the Cooper names. in Fire in the Sky. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Or like it was a Rain of Terror. Yeah, yeah Rain of Terror. Snake Eyes. Um, I don't remember the Haiti one. I can't. Uh, something of Doom, right? Voodoo something. I thought there was the word voodoo. <laughs> voodoo. <laughs> they really dropped the ball on that. Yeah, like you were in voodoo. No, uh, you can say like a guy walks in and is like voodoo and like writes an app yeah. on it and then just like throws I his hands like, and walks away. I think that actually makes a good like it. It just ties into what we were talking about earlier, where I actually do the play like the style of this game is really what got me I think and, I mean like the platforming is great I think whatever we can argue about that but um I the just the <laughs> style of you know so one yeah they're all everybody's an animal and then you got like and it's and it's in this like stylized context where it's almost like noir type t- like lighting and things like that and then yeah it's a Sly Cooper in you know fire in the sky and then it's very you know yeah it has like, like it, it, it takes like the tropes there. of because the game is very, it's themed around like films, basically. Right. And it and it takes the tropes and it takes the aesthetics and the all the things that make up those, those genres and puts them together into these like individualized levels. And that that's what I meant when I was talking about like the dinosaur level in an right. SNES game. It's like right. this game has like the like the fucking the James Bond level or whatever. The Haitian level. Yeah, yeah, the Haitian level. Uh, that is actually a thing yeah, in always, games, which is weird. You, you don't play that all the time, JD? No, it's I, always a Haitian level. I, <laughs> Dude, Tony Hawk's Underground 2 Haitian. had a weird Haitian level. Really? I actually did not. Know. Not even, I think it was Underground 2. It's been gonna, a while since I don't, I won't swear to that. But there was like a weird booty level. Tony Hawk early good one, and I think that's yeah, what I, roughly that, that I think that's just what I enjoyed, because like you know you play a lot of like Mario right so mm-hmm. like you look at the first Mario sixty four, and it's there are different levels obviously there's like ice and things like that but the basic layout of a lot of the levels in that were centralized around 
the area that he was in. Right. Like before, even when he was going into these different places, this is like where they take it's like so like five main worlds, and it's, each one is just unique. You got a lot of personality. Right. There's yeah, a, yeah. and so I I really enjoyed that aspect of the game because, you know, I don't <laughs> like well you get you get bored playing the same. Like levels over and over, right? Like or like this, like maybe different types mm-hmm. of the level, like different challenges and things like that. But the aesthetic stays the same. I think that overall could be like summarized into JJ's whole thesis statement of it's like lots of personality on its own floating around in the end. They're not attached to anything. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I didn't. I certainly didn't hate it. Uh, but you know, I was. I was attached to this game mechanically, and I liked it a lot as a as a kid. So it had that nostalgia thing. Yeah, yeah. that's about that's what I got really. Do you guys want to talk about the final level slash final yeah. boss? I mean, yeah. if you do, I do because I think it's bad. It's mm-hmm. terrible. Yeah, oh, I'm just, <laughs> I, I understood what they were trying to do. Where it was like you look, you like went through all these levels and you learned all these different moves that you could do with the C button. Mm-hmm. So they're like, okay, so now the our final C level. Button? Yeah, the C contextual button. cool button. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> okay, but that's like on the N64. The CC button. Yeah, yeah. The CC button. You didn't, button. You didn't yeah. just like erase the little bit of the, of the circle? Yeah, so just made it. Just it. Just uh, yeah. You they pressed it so nail. often that it wore off. Get on the same page. Get on the same page. Okay. No. The contextual cool button. Right. Well, and circle button. See, it just fits everything about it. But um, but yeah. So I understand that they just want, they were like, okay, final level, we got to take everything that you've learned. But see, like they, that's a standard platform. They don't do that. What they do is they take all the mini games and the turret sections and they shove all that in and make that the final level. <laughs> yeah, you're riding in the true. van and you're shooting shit and it's a turret that section was, and you're I, like, that this is bullshit. So this is not the part of the game that I like. Right. And then you have to do the hack, hacking part, which I actually like. That was the hacking part. And they yeah. made it like a bigger part of the later games. Right. But, yeah. um, Number two. But it's completely cur- curveball. Right. You know, you've never done that before. And then like there's like Oh, like this much platforming, and yeah. then you're at the boss, and it's like and a dumb jetpack turret, right, right, right. and it's like, what? I did like the I liked the where you had to save Carmelita. That was kind of okay. Yeah. And I then after that, we the lava's rising, and you have to climb that big tower. Of okay, the, maybe there's a little bit. Literally, more tower is just made up of like all of the pieces that you can like hit the circle button and do things with. Yeah. yeah. I thought it was. I mean, like obviously there was. It's a, I had I, the, my two major issues with the last level and why I don't like it so much. In addition to the reasons you've already stated, yes. is that the areas where there were platforming, I think it was some of the like most hackneyed platforming in the game. Because yep. like on the tower climb level, okay, let me contextualize this. Right. I wanted to beat this game in this day that I had to beat the game, and I was like, I got to the last level, and I was like, I'm just gonna push through this. I work midnight, so I'm up late all the time. But it is six in the morning, and I'm sitting like in a goddamn leather chair in the summer in like ninety degree weather with a fan blowing on me. <laughs> well, I'm so put yourself in my shoes, is what I'm saying. I'm miserable. Okay, <laughs> I don't want to put myself in those shoes because no. they're probably filled with sweat. So, yeah, they're gross <laughs> and sticky. And so I'm sitting here, and there's this fucking tower climb. And you get to the top of the thing, and, like, I've already done this, like, nine times by the time I actually get to the end. Mm -hmm. I get to the end, and there's, like, 
Uh, you get to the top of a thing, and then, like, you hit a something. I forget at this point. But something explodes, and part of the roof slides down. And nothing looks like a thing you can land on. So I'm like, I don't know what to do. I'm hanging on this pole, and I'm like, I'll jump straight forward. So I jump straight forward onto, like, a flat section of roof and clip through it and <laughs> And I was like, okay, that wasn't signaled very well. So I do the whole tower climb again. I get back to the top. I'm at the same, in the same situation. I'm like, what do I jump to? And there's, like, part of a gargoyle that's fallen this way, and it's like, maybe I jump and, like, spire jump onto that. And so I jump, don't even come close to it, plummet into the lava. <laughs> and then on the third time, I realize what you have to do is jump to this, like, weird slanted roof segment and then run up it as if it was just flat ground to get to the jetpack. And I was just, like, so angry that the whole final boss was just, like, lost on me because I was just... I mean, the final boss, like you said, was just... Yeah, you're in a jetpack turret and it's like... Like you had to fly through rings. Yeah, and yeah. You, yeah, you don't even get the platform. It was like it shows you the true power of that shotgun, though. Yo, yeah. man, doesn't it, it though? Doesn't do a whole lot. <laughs> it was a classic, like Resident Evil style rocket right. launcher punt. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah to me like that was I was not yeah excited like, about everything that. that you could do wrong with like a final level. <laughs> I, this game does. Yeah. Yeah. I, in my opinion. Because which is like it's like which is for me like the blemish on this game. Mm-hmm. Right, I agree with that. They thought the kids would really like you know sweet rocket pack and fire their yeah. launcher. And that was the thing like you and with the big flying. Creature. Yeah, like all the other bosses are like pretty good, and yeah, then this right. one they're just like no, let's not do any of that do, stuff. Right. Yeah, and it had nothing to do with anything that you had been doing. Yeah, and like right? Clockwork was such like a menacing presence over the whole game. Right. And then they were just like, mm, nope, not, mm, nope, not cool. He's just going to shoot like, rings that. of like, fire at you. The like, jetpack would have even been a cool surprise like that you get to fly a jetpack or whatever. If you're the kind of person who's like, oh, I'm going to fly a jetpack, baller. Yeah. Uh, but if you, as long as you are not Satan and are okay, for some reason, all right with inverted vertical movement yeah. on a turret, which doesn't make sense, <laughs> uh, you've already gone into the menu that alters, like, the up and down direction and saw jetpack controls. Right. <laughs> so you know it's in the game already. <laughs> I actually did not even... You didn't notice? No, I didn't even notice. I was like, Jip, I don't even remember well, I mean, like, so the, in this game. I, I guess, like, the first time I played it, I didn't right. notice. And then, like, now that I played it, I remember that that was in the game. So I was right. like, I wasn't surprised by a jetpack or anything right. like that. <laughs> I never did notice that you could control the jetpack. Yeah, it's just very weird that, like, the inverted controls are set as default. Because I don't know anyone who does Nobody. That. Really stupid question. Sure. Did we do Ori in the Blind Forest for the cast... No, no, we've not done that. Oh, okay. So I just played that individually because it was a fun game. The people who hate me because of all the uh, platformers we've done uh, that I despise, I Ori in the Blind Forest is like an amazing game and is a platformer. But that game proves, again, just building on all these years of like trial and error and platformer design, that you can have like ridiculous like vertical movement capabilities in a platformer and have it still be an engaging last level. Like they could have given you a jetpack and still made a actual platforming level, right, that right. was fun. Here's, you beat Ori in the Blind Forest? I 
love. I've had this conversation with you. I love the shit out of I never. I, I didn't know that you had beaten it, though. That game is really hard. I know. It's great. That's How are you incapable of playing platforms? <laughs> okay, hold on. Don't go too much into it because next I week we're going to be talking it. about yeah. Ori and the Blind Forest. <laughs> I want to yeah, play yeah. it, and it will maybe we'll do it for the cast at some point. Is there anything else we want to talk about about Sly Cooper? Uh, I fucking hated the music. You hated you the music. What? Oh yeah. Is that, How, like why? I know Jesus, it's JJ. <laughs> That's just so <laughs> random. Never, never mind. Hate it. That. JJ hates Stop. everything in this game. <laughs> Well, I'm just, I am. I apologize for making you play this game because you then, just apparently had the worst time. Well, then I was. That means something. The whimsical um, Sly Cooper game. Yeah, yeah. it's totally lost on JJ. Yeah. No. I think the takeaway here is that if you like Sly Cooper, you're dumb. You're an idiot. idiot. Thank you. For listening to Nightclub this week. Did you have a thing you wanted to say? I was going to say, what are we playing next time, Chad? <laughs> next time, uh, in order to make up for the amount of garbage we've put JJ through <gasps> in the past year, <laughs> almost <laughs> a year at this point, <laughs> uh, we have given him the month of September. To, the uh, whole month? Yes. Him, it's That's two, two games. games. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm happy about it. Don't you, you don't <laughs> take this away from me. You give him you a, like Cooper. <laughs> you, give, you give JJ an episode, he'll take a, mo- a month. Uh, that wasn't good. That, that was horrible. That, yeah, was, that was about as bad as it could just, have been. Just tell us what's next. What's it for? Next time, uh, we're going to be playing Catherine uh, with a C, which is, uh, at, it is it's an Atlas game. It is an right? Atlas game. Yep. Probably, likely, the only Atlas game that you're going to hear us talk about. Probably, <laughs> yep. But I believe that it is probably them at their pinnacle. If you want to get a hold of us, uh, you can do so at noclippodcast at gmail.com, on Twitter at noclippodcast, on YouTube just noclip, and search iTunes for noclip if for some reason you aren't already listening to us there. Uh, if you have an opportunity, leave a review uh, or just a rating. And everybody, please thank Fawn for joining us on this this ride. Unless you didn't like him. Yeah. In which case, do not welcome him. In which case, thank me anyway. Yeah. Write and review Fawn separately through all of these different media outlets. (laughs) Great. Please... Good. Please grade me some more. Yeah, yeah, we've talked about him enough, and I think you've got a good idea of Fawn, not only as a lover of Sly Cooper, but as a human being. Yeah. At OG Cushman. Yeah. At OG Cushman. <laughs> Hit me up, it's with a C. This yeah. always happens. Our outros are like six minutes each, and I always <laughs> just like have to like, like 15 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> I love it. Yep. All right, shutting down free. in five, four. Three, four, two, three, one. Two.